Welcome to the Empowered to Connect podcast, where we come together to discuss a healing-centered approach to engagement and well-being for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I'm J.D. Wilson, and I am your host. And today on the show, two of, uh, personally, my favorite people on earth, Dee and Larissa Gregory, uh, join us to talk about um, their journey uh, over the last several years with their boys. And um, to get uh, deeper into the story now, we kind of take their story from them. So I will just say um, their story involves uh, losing a child. Their story involves um, learning um, and, and maximizing the time they had uh, together as a family caring for their, as they were calling their, their big boys while um, their youngest was going through these medical, medical challenges. And so um, it just know, I would say on the front end, if you have journeyed through medical complexity with a child family member um, and that place is still raw for you, there's a lot of conversation about that in this episode. Um, I would say helpful, beautiful, um, transformative conversation, but that is a subject matter today. We are talking um, more broadly about how to nurture elementary age kids. And the reason we asked Dee and Larissa to come on today was specifically because as uh, as close friends of theirs, as we've watched um, their journey with their youngest um, and then how they have cared for and loved their um, older boys in um, these recent years and, and watching them love them through a really complex, um, challenging journey together as a family. We, we wanted them to share some of the things that they've learned, some family practices they put into place, and just some practical decisions that they made to maximize every single moment they had together. This is a powerful, powerful um, episode, one that you do not want to miss. Um, and uh, just in terms of the the uh, ideas of, of maximizing every moment, um, Dean and Larissa are the best. They really are. So Becca McKay, who also is a dear friend of the Gregory's, joins us as well. And so we just talk about their journey and um, what they've learned. It is great. You're going to love them. And so uh, without any further ado, here they are now, Becca and uh, Dean and Larissa Gregory and myself talking about their journey. Okay, well, as I mentioned in our introduction, we do have Dean and Larissa Gregory, uh, two of our great, great friends, friends of the program. You've heard Larissa on the podcast before. Um, and if you were at our Investing in Hope uh, event with Nate Bargatze a couple months ago, you saw Dee's beautiful face on the screen talking about his work um, in schools and in the healthcare spaces. And so we'll touch on both those things. Uh, we've also got Becca McKay here with us. And so, um, guys, I think maybe the most helpful place for all of us to start is just Dean and Larissa, would y'all, even though we've sort of been introduced to y'all in certain ways before, would you guys just kind of introduce yourselves and your family story? And then we'll just kind of pick up from there. Yeah, we actually just pointed at each other who was going to go first. So I've been <laughs> elected for our household. Um, so Dee and I have been married for 14 years. We have three beautiful black boys. They are 12, 10 and Houston would have been five um, coming up in March. But we lost him almost two years ago. Um, and we've been natives of Memphis for almost 11 years. It's 11 years this month. 13, yeah. Yeah, since 2013, um, we both have been in youth serving spaces for the time that we've been here. Um, mine has been in like from a behavior standpoint and school leader and now in the nonprofit world. And Dee's has been through teaching and now in the nursing profession and is currently in the psych nursing profession. Um, and so, yeah, that's a little bit about us. We... 
love to spend time as a family. We love to play games. We did something super crazy a year ago, year and a half ago. We sold our all of our possessions <laughs> and bought a big RV <laughs> uh, and lived at Jellystone in South Haven, Mississippi and traveled. Um, but and yeah. People who don't know the beauty of Jellystone, will you just tell what Jellystone is for people who might not be familiar? <laughs> Stone is like Yogi Bear when you pull in and uh, huge inflatable water slides like uh, what was the ride called where kids like got on the back? It was oh, the hay ride. The hay, the hay, hay ride. Hay, hay ride. Yeah. <laughs> Ran every morning at 10 a.m. This is where we live. So Jellystone is, is literally better than Disney World. <laughs> if you have an RV or if you have a friend that has an RV, you cannot go wrong if you spend a few days at Jellystone. It's great. That was a commercial. But yeah, um, <laughs> that's that's who we are. Okay. So y'all are well-versed in the art of family time right now because there has been so much of it this last year in close quarters. And and, and I mean, you guys, I, I don't think you about me say y'all have traveled the country in this thing um, on school breaks and stuff over the last year or so, and just created some incredible memories. And so um, I, full disclosure, Becca and I and the Gregory's have all known each other for a very long time. Um, and we're all very close. And so we have, um, we have just over time when we were planning this series, um, we were talking about who can we find to talk about nurturing their elementary age kids and Becca and I, I mean, immediately Becca said the Gregory's and I was like, yes, done, done, done. Yes, <laughs> we don't need it. any that's other right. options. Um, and so if it just sounds like we all really love each other, that's just what it is. Um, and so having been friends for a while, I think what I would want you to know on the front end is just that, um, I'm going to pause the podcast and we're going to edit that part out. So we've known each other for a long time, uh, you know, professionally through work. And Becca, I don't know if you want to tell that story of that connection and then we'll kind of jump into our conversation. Yeah, I just wanted to share JD, Larissa and I all worked at the same elementary school about 10 years ago. When we're talking about when they moved to Memphis, we all kind of did in this elementary school working in the office. And uh, I was a graduate student time. And I was a graduate student at the time. And Dee and Larissa are not only incredible professionals, incredible parents, they're also just super generous and hospitable people. And they invited me to live with them while I finished grad school. And so I got a front row seat to them parenting their boys when the boys were little and just have stayed close to really love and respect the way that they celebrate the unique personalities in their house. Um, so like JD said, when we were thinking about this episode, it was like, no question, got to be the Gregory's. I was not invited to live with the Gregory's, but that's <laughs> probably more because we had uh, four kids. And, uh, <laughs> I was portable at the time. Tight quarters, right? There's not an RV big enough for that situation. Um, okay. So Dean Larissa, I think, you know, you mentioned Houston in your story in the beginning. I wonder if we, we might kind of start there if we can in, in framing, um, Houston's life. And I, th- I think in so many ways it shapes, um, why we wanted to hear from how, how you nurture, um, Jackson and Lennox and, oh, dang, hang on a second. <laughs> and so you guys obviously mentioned Houston in the introduction. And so I, I don't know if you would mind kind of sharing, um, his story as a way to get kind of jumpstart this conversation. Um, and yeah, and we'll go from there. Yeah. And, you know, of course, we don't we don't mind uh, 
you know, you're talking about our other two boys, Jackson and Lennox, um, but Houston. Um, so I was, I, we moved here for me to be uh, in MTR and I was teaching. And <clears throat> toward the end of that, of uh, the four-year commitment, um, I felt like I didn't want to teach anymore. And so, you know, we agreed that I would go back to nursing school, you know, for various reasons. And so, you know, there was a lot of excitement. Um, you know, once I started nursing school, um, um, you know, Larissa found out she was pregnant. Um, and so, you know, there was a lot of excitement around the fact that like I would be graduating sometime around, you know, Houston's birth. Um, and we were really excited about that, you know, because prior to that, we had had some tough situations pop up here and there. And so we were really looking forward to that. And so um, I was uh, taking a pretty important test on the day that Houston was born, March 25th, 2019. Um, and I knew that Larissa had a, a, um, a doctor's appointment. <laughs> And, you know, I think we both anticipated that it would be routine. Um, you know, I think when she was at work, she was working at Soulsville at the time. Um, she uh, didn't even take her belongings with her. I thought I think you were thinking that you would just go. Yeah, I thought I was going right back to work. Yeah. And so, um, again, like I've been I've been studying pretty hard for this test. I'm getting close to the end of nursing school. And so she she calls me right before I'm about to take that test and says, hey, you know, the doctor saw some things that's concerning, you know, um, and she's saying that I need to go and, uh, you know, get further testing. And honestly, in my mind, I was like, well, she had been talking about, you know, some back pain, some hip pain. I'm thinking that, you know, maybe she's you know going to be on bed rest. And so my mind is, is swimming with that. Um, but I go and take my test. And when I come out, you know, apparently um, she's already seen uh, the specialist and they said, hey, you need to go ahead and come over now. Um, and so when I got there, you know, she was sitting alone in a room and the doctor comes in and he explains, you know, um, that Houston has uh, he's he, he's observed some some brain deformities um, and, you know, he's smaller and, and things of that nature. And he says, you know, uh, I, I highly recommend that, you know, he is, you know, born like now and he had already booked you know the or at methodist germantown and we were supposed to leave that meeting and go straight there and she was going to have a a, a c-section and so um complete whirlwind um and i think that that really defines you know that season with him in a lot of ways um a complete whirlwind uh because you know you were just you know just kind of knocked off of any wagon if you will that you felt like you were you know safe safe and secure on um but you know he's you know he's he's born um larissa she does you know moderately well and then of course the next day we learn you know more and more about houston's deformities and you know how that is going to potentially shape you know um his future uh so yeah I'll, i mean i'll do you want to pick up from there yeah, I will. So I think for me, JD and Becca, it was as we were leaving the specialist and on our way over to uh, Methodist Germantown is when I knew that my life was changing. I didn't know how, but I knew that it was not only going to impact me, but it was going to impact our boys and it was going to mm -hmm. impact our marriage and it was going to impact us as individuals. Mm -hmm. And um 
I have a village of folks that I trust with my whole life. And I immediately called that village. And I was like, somebody needs to get Jackson. He has this. Somebody needs to get Linux. He has this. Like, he needs to go to soccer practice. As of right now, like, nothing is happening for, you know, in their brains. Like, let's just see what this is going to be. Yeah. And I was terrified. Mm -hmm. um, we met Houston and he was the tiniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, he fit in our hand. And from the moment that we saw him, it was confirmed for me that our life had changed. Yeah. Like I knew that work was going to have to change. I knew that friendships were about to change. I knew that Jackson and Lennox's life was about to change once they found out. And, I, we were honestly shocked that Houston made it past that day. Um, but as we all know how this story unfortunately ends, like we got two and a half ish, almost. Um, almost three years with Houston and the impact that he has had on how we live our life. Yeah. Um, the impact that a nonverbal beautiful little boy with mm -hmm. a ton of medical fragility and complexities was able to have um, in the short time that he was here on other people as well. Like it's truly mind blowing. I mean, he was so ill. He was so sick. Um, and through his illness, it made every moment matter. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. It not only made every moment matter for his life, but it made every moment matter for the boys because it was like keeping score, if you will, because we didn't know how long we had him and we were determined to make intentional moments with our big boys, um, yeah. with the brother at all costs. Um, and so, you know, Becca, you're kind to say that you got aligns eye into, you know, our home when the boys were little. And I do think that we've been intentional, you know, since they were, they were born the big boys. Um, but that intentionality became a mindful practice mm -hmm. when we met Houston. I think what maybe Becca saw was just who we were. Um, but right now is like successful floundering, successful floundering. There you go. <laughs> uh, right. But like who we are today is who we've chosen to be. Yeah. Um, and a lot of that has come from Houston. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and I don't, I don't think that for, for me anyway, I don't think that, you know, the value of time um, and how we live life with the boys, I don't think that that was solidified. Um, so, you know, uh, a little bit more about Houston. Um <clears throat> About a year before he, you know, he he passed away, he was diagnosed with a pretty uh, severe form of seizures. Um, and, you know, that, you know, that put us in the hospital for upwards of 70 plus days. Mm -hmm. um, and that was uh, a brief stint that he spent in the pediatric ICU where um, there was a doctor that basically said, you know, he was at, you know, Houston was at a point to where he was about to be intubated, which is, you know, well, they put like a tube down your throat so that you can breathe mechanically with the machine. And the doctor told us, he said, you know, if your son, you know, given all of his, you know, complexity, if he goes, if he has to go, you know, um, on the vent, uh, he likely won't wake up. So I really need you guys to think about your quality of life. Mm -hmm. Um, if he was, if he were to wake up and when he shared that, 
you know, it was a super sobering moment because, you know, I thought like we've been in the hospital at this point for, I don't know, 40 something days. And it's been, what is it going to take to get Houston home? And now we may not even be able to bring him home to his brothers that, you know, love and cherish him and we cherish him. And so, you know, as he was nearing, thankfully he, you know, he made it through that. And as he was nearing the end of his stay, you know, Larissa and I, we, you know, we had several days in the hospital where we talked and we said, you know, once we get home, we are going to focus like the majority of our attention on what it looks like to create memories with all three of them. Um, and so we did, we took, we took trips, we took a lot of pictures. Um, and I think, I think, you know, there's no, you know, there's, I mean, I know there's, there are books written on grief, um, but there, you know, there's no manual for how to do it when it's unique to your family. Right. And so I think, you know, having access to those pictures and those videos, those memories, um, when the boys do have hard moments with the boys, you know, they have access to these photos where they're able to scroll back through and see their brother bouncing in a jumper and, you know, doing something else that was silly. So um, I think, you know, that, his Houston's life has uh, drastically shaped how we um, like what we will say yes and no to as a family, what we will tolerate um, and, you know, how we uh, choose to spend our time for ourselves and with the boys. I mean, guys, so it's, this is all so insanely personal and just number one, thanks for being willing just to share all of this. And number two, you know, I think that, uh, we could take this into 70 different directions and have a whole series of like conversations about grief and kids and loss and all of that. I want to stick if we can in the nurturing direction. Do you guys remember, you know, the, if there was a, it didn't have to be the first, but if do you, do you remember noticing a moment of the boys all really connecting and knowing we've got to zero in on this, we've got to zero in on this thing that's happening right now, or this is the reason we've got to do X, Y, or Z thing because we, we, we see it starting to connect with them. I think for me, that moment is when I saw the big boys accept that their brother was sick. Mm-hmm. And when Jackson and Lennox were able to put together that their brother was sick and that time was a gift, which is something that we watched happen. Yeah. Um, Shortly after that, JD, like we had matching pajamas every Saturday, like everything was a big Uh, deal. Like breakfast was a big deal. Dinners were a big deal. Playing games together. Dance parties were a big deal. Um, Jackson has often like been interested in trains and in the NFL and in basketball, you know, it's changed over time, but like letting him share with the entire family, like his latest report on being a train conductor or his latest report on, you know, his predictions for the NFL draft or like whatever it was. Like we involved Houston in that we involved Mm. both of the boys and like things like that are non-negotiable in our house. Like we're all going to be right here and we're all going to listen and share in each other's passions. The same with Linux, like the kid is insanely creative. Um, 
way out the box athletic. And so like, it's a non-negotiable that we go to um, his games as a family and not from a place of like, you have to do this, but like as a place of, we get to support each other. Like we have the gift of time to be able to invest in each other's interest. Um, So I would say that's when it happened for me. Like when I saw that the boys accepted that Houston was sick and then everything became a big deal um, in the most beautiful ways. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I was going to ask if you had a specific one too. Uh, That's what I would say as well. Mm. Uh, I think something that really, um, a lot of people can talk about, you know, supporting your kids' unique interests. I just think I saw you guys do that so well. And when I say your kids, I mean all three of your beautiful boys. Like, you figured out the things that made them full of joy and you just went all in on those things. And so I just think, you know, I, I, I'm not a parent yet, but I feel like every parent wants to do their best and it's easy to say, yeah, you know, support your kids' interests. I don't know, Dean Larissa. I just don't know that I've seen very many people do it as well as y'all have done it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned Larissa, like interests change over time and what lights them up changes over time. But I just want to like, I don't know. I mean, just thanks for letting me see your family and the beautiful ways that you've loved your boys and supported them. And also, I think you're really highlighting what it means to be super present. So I feel like that's when I'm listening to you guys tell your story. I'm reminded just of how important it is to just zero in and be locked in and be present for those, whether it's a walk outside, whether it's the Christmas PJs, like you said, Larissa, whether it's the Saturday PJs, like whatever the moment is, whether it's the weekly pizza night, finding those rhythms and those routines. I wonder if you could talk to yourselves before Houston what advice would you give yourself as like a young parent looking ahead? I wonder if there's anything you would share with parents who maybe are in that season. Like what advice would you give them on how to, how to do that, how to be mindful and present? I think the the primary thing is uh, like learning the value of um, like sitting with yourself first um, and becoming self-aware about your own emotions and your own tics and, you know, things like that. Um, because it's, you know, I think it's pretty challenging to to give anything, well, most things to someone else that you haven't really sat with yourself. Uh, and so I think that that's, I think that's a big part of it is being able to uh, sit with yourself and, um, mm-hmm. you know, consider, you know, like I said, what makes you tick, what, uh, what, what's important to you and what things you value so that when you begin to see when you begin to see how those things make you feel and you hear your kids talking about those things, you see this pattern of what makes them um, excited as well. And so, you know, if you know that it makes you feel excited um, about, you know, the things that make you tick, then, you know, it's a good chance that it also makes them tick as well. And I think uh, too, I think what I would tell my younger self um, if I'm starting a family now is learning the value of saying no to like so many outside things, um, you know, no offense to anybody that's involved in, in, in any of this right here, but as Larissa and I have reflected, you know, we spent so much time giving of ourselves to others. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that sounds counter whatever, um, but you know, you, you give and you give and you give and, 
um, you start to you, you step back and you realize that, you know, you haven't given to yourself and you haven't given to your kids and stuff. I'm going to be one that's promoting what you guys are, you know, wanting to to share on this podcast. Like um, I, you know, I, you know, I have to um, like I have to live that out myself, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. Oh, go ahead, J.D. No, I just said, geez, Louise. I mean, that's a that's a word. Yeah. Go ahead. I think if I was talking to my younger self, um, I would say slow down and declutter your life. Mm. Um, And I think that kind of goes in line with what what you were just saying, babe. But um, I was so busy Mm -hmm. with things that were good things um, with things that were just things. (laughs) I would say yes to just about anything um, just to be helpful or supportive or like just for the sake of saying yes, knowing on the inside that I truly wanted to say no. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think slowing down has given us the opportunity to really see our boys Mm -hmm. and to not just see them, but to hear them. And as we've been able to sit with them and slow down and hear them, like we know what they like, we know what they don't like. Um, We have their ear to where like we also know who they like Mm -hmm. and who Mm -hmm. they don't like. And something in this last little season of life that we've been watching unfold is like them sitting us down. And like bringing things to us that either they're excited about or they're struggling with. I'll give you an example. Jackson um, found this uh, senior bowl that Mm -hmm. he wanted to go to, like super committed to it. He's super interested in the NFL right now, um, wants to be like somewhere in between. And um, And the senior bowl is the collection of all the all-star college players from college football kind of showcasing their skills in Mobile, Alabama, right? Yeah, yeah. So like NFL scouts are there, NFL coaches are there uh, this year, like Bo Nix and Michael Penix. Don't and, get too excited, Jamie. Um, You know, <laughs> all those folks were there and he brought it to us and he was like, this is something I'm really interested in. Uh, can we go? And like the, the knee-jerk reaction and like those big asks, right, is like, absolutely not groceries are ridiculous and this is this and that's that and like that sounds great maybe next year but I think one of the things that we've learned is like next year might not be a thing yeah yeah and not from like the senior bowl not happening but like from life or like something may pop up that's traumatic or um that just the schedule doesn't work out or you know whatever it is and so like in those moments like prioritizing the yes Mm -hmm. and and figuring it out and as we sat there at the senior bowl we looked out and had dope ticket Mm -hmm. um but as we sat there like straight joy over jackson's face Um, like just immense joy and like in that moment he didn't have to say a word like he felt seen and he felt understood and he could hear nfl scouts and nfl coaches like from an ear's length and um like that that matters and the same is to be said on the other side like 
if he's struggling in a class, if he is having an issue with a friendship, like it's the same thing. And I think that comes from D and I, and we don't do it perfect. Let that not be said or held in this space. Um, we're learning too, but as we like slow down ourselves, we're able to like see and hear those things from our kids. And I want teenagers that tell me all the tea. Like I want to be in the middle of everything they're thinking, they're feeling, their hopes, their joys. And I think that starts with this stage of development for sure. You guys set the foundation for that too. Like you've just Uh, built and earned the trust that is needed for that kind of relationship. And it's something that you have to work for. Like it doesn't happen on accident. There's not, everybody wants that like positive relationship with their teen or young adult, but they don't always know how much work you have to put in now at this age to earn the right to speak into their life and to give them advice and to, you know, those types of things. I think um, you guys have just done a great job of that. I hear, I feel like what I'm hearing you guys talk about just so much and so clearly is when you say no, that gives you the space to say yes to the right things. Yeah, exactly. When you say yes to everything. You're just overloaded and overwhelmed. That's yeah, exactly right. We um, wrote a family creed and I wish I a had memorized it or B had it in front of me because neither one of those two things are true right now. <laughs> but the premise of it is that like we will say a resounding no um, to things that create chaos so that we can say a resounding yes to intentional moments that matter in our family. And so like as we make decisions, whether it's like big or small, whether it's, hey, mom, can we go to the basketball game? And I'm thinking like, dang, I have something to do at work and de studying. No, the answer is yes. And I will figure that out on the back end because this moment like matters. And um me saying yes or us saying a resounding yes matters. Um, And so that's what we've been bumping up against recently. And that comes from Houston and that comes from our time in the RV. Um, Selling everything and having 375 square feet for four-ish people and a huge dog that just doesn't know how to mind her business. (laughs) There's nothing, there's nothing better that will help you. Um, than to see what you really need. If yeah. anybody wants her, they can have her. Oh my gosh, she's always trying to give our dog away. She's great. <laughs> she's okay. Uh, I have a couple of questions, but one is, uh, who taught you guys that? Where, where did you guys feel like you picked that up from along the way? And um, and if it was kind of something that you both sort of brought collectively in the moment with Houston, were there were there people or things that you were watching or listening to or reading or seeing um, that were, that were bringing you kind of those, those wisdom nuggets, like when you needed them? A great question. Um, I think, well, I'm still thinking. Yeah. I think it's twofold. Um, One, like, where's the handbook? Cause I need it. Like, you know, you leave the hospital with them or, you know, when they come into your life, um, there is no rule book. And um, a lot of us, the way that we're choosing to try again and raise our children is different than maybe how we were raised. Not to say like how we came up was right or wrong, 
Um, but sometimes you just choose different. And so choosing different means you have to explore and figure out what's right for you and right for your family. Um, and we knew early on that being intentional like this mattered to us, but we didn't know how much it meant to us until we had Houston Mm -hmm. and until ultimately we lost Houston. So I think that's my first thought. My second, um, is wisdom. And someone that I look to for wisdom is Jackie Rowe Fields and watching the interactions between her and her five grown children and knowing bits and pieces of her story and the intentional ways that she created moments for her children. um, That has really that has really spoken to me over the years because things aren't just going to happen because they're because they happen. Like you have to create moments for your kids we create moments for our kids like the senior bowl um like we create spaces for them to sit down and say whatever's on their heart we create space for conflict like we create space for pizza night every wednesday and tacos every tuesday that more that may have more to do with my cooking than anything but like (laughs) we create like those spaces of predictability and consistency and i saw that in jackie rowe as i heard her reflect on their childhood. Um, and that's something that I've wanted to emulate too. Um, yeah, yeah. I would say that, I would say that, uh, um, like it's, I think Houston, the experience with Houston, well, I think there was some statistic that we read that, um, in families with kids with medical complexity, Oh yeah. there's some, you know, crazy statistic that there's a high number of marriages that, end um as a result of you know two two parents trying to to grieve together to grieve together or even you know while the kid is alive Mm -hmm. you know working through all of the stresses of that um and i think you know i think larissa is really smart and i think she has a lot of experiences with um you know being very strategic and taking big dreamers big uh, big dreamers ideas and you know really nailing it down. So I would say that I've learned a lot from her through our um, time of reflection. Um, I I knew that I didn't want this to be something that um, would, you know, um, like separate our family, if you will. Um, yeah. So we, we have, we, like the two of us, we've also tried to be intentional um, with, you know, how we spend our time in the mornings and in the evenings and, and, and going on dates and, you know, listening to each other dream and supporting each other. Um, but then also like taking time to reflect on, you know, our parenting. And I think that, uh, you know, there's, you know, there's a little bit that I've learned from her and I think there's a lot that she's learned from me. Um, just because wish she could see his face right uh, now, you know, I, I'm very wise, you know. Yeah. No, but seriously, I I, I do think uh, the time the time that we've been able to reflect, and because I think in those times I've been able to see, um, like, like Larissa's natural ability to like love and nurture, which she's really good at celebrating our kids, mm-hmm. seeing the uniqueness and celebrating them uniquely, and like she's just known as the one that will always make it happen. The boys know that mom's always going to make it happen. Mm. Uh, so, you know, as we like sit and reflect on these things, when she, when she comes to me and she says, Hey, you know, maybe we should consider this. Maybe we should do that. I'm like, Oh, 
like, I know that you've put thought to it. I know that this is going to be something that is going to, you know, make our boys feel special. And I know that we're going to have a lot of fun doing it. Let's figure out how to make it happen, you know? Yeah. And I think that the things, like I said, I think there's a lot of things that she learned from me, but we don't have enough time for her to list all of those things. <laughs> Gregory, we'll just, yeah, we'll list them in the show notes later. <laughs> Separate podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a long, that'll be a long one. It'll be a long one. Um, I, you know, one thing that I would love to know, uh, it, obviously moments to share moments to present in front of the family. A lot of those are easy yeses, right. Or, or non-negotiable, um, like zero financial cost decisions, right. The, but you can't go to the senior bowl every day. Right. So how, how do you guys, you know, knowing the weight and the gravity that you put on, um, experiences and memories together and giving yeses when you can how do you guys filter the the bigger requests like it's that it sounds like one of those filters is saying yes when you can and no when you have to but is there is there more to it have y'all have y'all had more discussions on how to sift through some of those bigger requests yeah i'll i'll share this yesterday um as we were driving back from the senior bowl we were passing a fast food restaurant and Lennox was like, oh, it would be great to stop there. But I understand that we should probably say no so that we can do something like the Senior Bowl again. And like, that's, that's exactly it. If you listen to that boy, he will teach you a thing or two. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's it. Like we pass up on things that we could say yes to, yeah. but that we choose to say no to so that we can say yes to senior bowls or it doesn't even have to be a senior bowl it can be sure you know something else that the boys really have been looking forward to or like really have taken an interest in and we're able to support their interests in a different way um but not only like financially but time like we have made a conscious choice to treat our time differently like prior to houston we were consumed by work and school yeah. Um, we were consumed by being a part of all the things right? and like, I can now say yes to myself and to the boys to drop them off every morning and pick them up every day. And that has not come without sacrifice. Um, yeah. but I had to choose what to say yes to and what to say no to. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to hear about their day. I want to, um, see how they're going into the day so I can e email their teacher and say, hey, Lennox seemed a little sad this morning and he was getting out of the car, like those types of things. So um, it's changed our thinking. Yeah. And yeah. yesterday when Lennox said that about fast food, it's not that we couldn't stop. It's sure. that we won't stop because we pack snacks and we pack things for lunch. And um, like, I look forward to being able to say yes again yeah. soon because of those choices yeah i guess it's inviting them in to share that language with yes. us you know yeah. as we processing how to to is, is larissa and i are processing how we want to spend money in our time we invite them in and we share that same language with them because that's lang the language that he shared yesterday is from conversations that we've had prior um yeah. and so that you know, they they themselves can not only know that in word, but they've also now seen it in action because, you know, we, 
try to do fun things. And I think that's the nurturing part, right? Nature versus nurture. Um, bend. And what we're choosing to do with the boys is not our natural bend. Like, let's be clear. It would be much easier just to like mind our own business in different spaces in the house and call it a day. Um, which we do sometimes. Which we do. Um, yeah, we absolutely do that. But like our choice is we want to be in each other's faces and we want to spend time and we want the boys to learn what D and I are just figuring out kind of <laughs> at a way younger age. So they are not faced with the same barriers and challenges that, you know, we had in our teens or into adulthood. And so like nurturing actions comes with like transparently sharing your conversations and your thought process. Mm -hmm. And I think in return, the boys are, are giving that to us as well. And that's when it becomes a conversation. Um, and yeah. Like, like this is just Becca hype up the episode. Cause I just want to share with the world how amazing you guys are, but also just hearing you talk about senior bowl, for example, like there was a time not too long ago where that would have been a no because you had to be close to the hospital or because it would have been too far of a trip. And so I also just think you guys have walked through different seasons of like what the are and what the no's are. And you started, like you said, Larissa, being really transparent with the boys about that, which I think just built trust with them. Like trust your yes, trust your no, because a family have walked through hey in this season this is what we can do and this is what is oh, right and good for us and then in this season this is what we can do which I think I don't know I just feel like you can get stuck in this is the right way this is the wrong way and I think y'all are teaching me how to how to view things season by season like in different yeah. seasons you're going to have different opportunities as a family yeah I think that's real um and you know for a season like Matching pajamas was that like was the, the best that we had. Yeah. Um, movies, yeah. staying up light, late dance parties, that type of thing, because we couldn't leave the Fires. house. Yeah. Fires in the backyard, like yeah. telling stories, blasting music. Mm -hmm. um, like those were our yeah, options because it not only was COVID, but we were living a COVID lifestyle before it was a thing because he was so medically fragile. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like that, that changes how you see things. So yeah, I would, I would agree with that, Becca, for sure. Um, guys, as we kind of wrap up here, I, I think one thing I would love to know is, uh, just y'all's words of wisdom or, or any, any other advice that you'd have to a family who might be on their own medically complex journey right now with, with one or multiple of their own kids. Like what, what advice do you give to somebody who's right in the thick of it right now? I, um, I would say, um, um, that, you know, I just, I just got this tattoo of this tree with roots on my arms and it's a reminder for me to be constantly grounded and rooted in the things that matter. Um, and you know, there's, if, if your child is sick, you know, life doesn't stop, um, you know, bills come, uh, responsibilities, people still want you to do like it, things don't stop. And so it can be really easy to, um, 
kind of live in this like frazzled state. Um, yeah. But I, I would almost, I would almost challenge if I could go back and challenge myself or I would challenge people to just, you know, like be grounded and rooted in what really matters. You know, obviously your, your, your marriage, if you're married, that matters. Um, you know, your, your sick child, he or she um, matters. Um, your other children, if you have other children, those things matter, you know, whatever, you know, whatever you're doing to, you know, make sure that your bills are paid, those things matter. And so um, if you can get to a space where you can, you know, be grounded and rooted in what really matters, um, that's not going to make things easier per se. Um, but it will put, I think it will put, you know, put you in a position where um, you can focus your energy on what matters um, and, uh, you know, um, like, you know, your marriage won't suffer and your relationship with your other children won't suffer as much um, because naturally it will because of, you know, the nature of taking care of a sick child. Um, but just to be grounded and rooted in what really matters and saying no to all the other crap that doesn't. Yeah. If I can add just something small on the backside of that, um, yeah. the tattoo right above that tattoo that D has um, is the symbol for enjoying the passage of time. Mm. And as a medically complex family, like you don't know how much time you have. Um, you don't know what's coming on the other side of a test result or um, what the hospice journey will look like or whatever your circumstances are. And so finding joy in the small things um and creating they're not they're not just going to happen but like creating small things to enjoy mm -hmm. um even while being in the throes and mm -hmm. um there's certain things that only medically complex families can understand and um i will say to any that are listening right now like you you are going to make it I know it feels like you're not going to. Um, I know it feels impossible because I have felt the impossible feelings. Mm -hmm. um, and I still do. But you are going to make it. And please just take time to enjoy the passage of time, whatever that needs to look like and sound like for you. Mm -hmm. Guys, we love y'all. This has been really, really great. Thanks for sharing and for and for giving you time and um, and just for the the way that you've loved your voice for us. Thank y'all, Miss. Thank you, Becca, for saying such nice things about us. <laughs> and uh, just make sure everybody stays tuned for the follow up uh, where I share a hundred <laughs> hundred um, ways. Gregory taught Larissa thing. Yeah. 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 That's so, that's the headline. There it is. All the hype and all the shout outs are true. You in. Um, it's just been a privilege to see the way that you have navigated just really, really tough circumstances together. And so just thanks for being willing to hop on and and share with us. It's not easy to to always talk about. So thanks for sharing and um, just being open about that experience that you guys had. Yeah, thanks for sure. Nice. Yeah, it's the first time we've shared. So thank you. Well, we're honored, really. Just... I don't know what to say in closing that just a huge thank you to the Gregory's for their vulnerability, for their willingness to share um, what, what was a, an incredibly intense um, and special and um, challenging um, season of, of their life. And um, 
and just really grateful for them being willing to share about Houston and his life and, and the lessons that they've learned and the impact that he's made um, during his short time here. And so just uh, love them, thankful for them, and um, hope that made an impact on you as well. Um, that's all we got for today. For everybody here at Empowered to Connect, for Kyle Wright, who edits and engineers all of our audio, for Tad Jewett, the creator of the music behind the Empowered to Connect podcast, I'm J.D. Wilson, and we'll see you next week on the Empowered to Connect podcast.